we are talking about Kenyan coffee varieties. SL28 Rui 11 slash Bation. It becomes important. Coffee may start dying. I'm going to grow this one and pollinate it with this one. Okay, we're going to experiment strongly here. It's a tinkering with these coffees. Coffee berry disease. Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today on the podcast, we are talking about Kenyan coffee varieties. Why do I care about varieties? A lot of the reason for changing or looking at varieties and why it's important is, is uh, number one, there's ecological complications which can be overcome by different varieties. There's also flavor um, and just sustaining coffee as a as a plant itself. Each of those different varietals have different, usually different attributes yeah. of all you say, including another one is the yield. How much does it produce for the yeah. farmer? Is it going to grow a lot of trees for him so he gets lots of money? It's very rare that you get all of those coming together and wow, you've got a good flavor, you've got a good yield, you've got a disease resistant, rust, no rust problems. Right. It's, it's, it's a good coffee. But coffee doesn't tend to do that so much. You get two, three of those and one's missing. There's always usually one missing. And that's why there's experimentation. There's always continuing growth into what coffee, um, you know, what coffees we can create and, and make. And you have actually got a very cool diagram that I'm going to put on here-ish or somewhere. Uh, so if you're watching, you'll see it. If you're not watching, it'll be in the, the show notes there. But it's a triangle that shows uh, you have flavor, disease resistance, and drought resistance. Um, and can you explain that real quick? Well, as you look into coffee and the varieties, and you've got, you know, you've got your your coffee, you've got mm-hmm. arabica, you've got robusta, and you go sub sub down and, and right. into the family tree, and you've got hybrids even that are crossing over this good part of this one and this good part. Let's cross the two and see what we get. Yeah, this triangle. I was trying to think. I was thinking, how does how do you represent this? And I sort of realized. Well, you want flavor, and I put that at the top, because right. to me, that's pretty important, and I think to most of our listeners, that's pretty important. That's very important. But um, you go down the triangle, you've also got to have drought resistant. Mm-hmm. If there's a, a drought in a country, you're not going to have flavor, because you're not going to have coffee coming to you. So today, Dad, what coffees do we have in front of us? Well, exciting. We These are both Kenyan coffees we've got in front of us. Nice. And uh, Francis, who we did a podcast early on on Kenyan coffee, he brought some in and that he'd got from the farms that he's mm. dealing with, with some of the farms. And we took it apart. We, we got the parchment off. And then we did a cupping of that. And I thought I was so intrigued by it because mm. what we were taking parchment off was one was taking off a variety called um, SL28, which we'll talk about in a so moment. It's very scientific. Very scientific. And the other one was a, a Rui 11 slash Bation. And that was a different variety. Mm. And the reason we have these two varieties is just what you're saying, is that triangle, we want good flavor, but right. one of them has not got uh, as good uh, with insects eating it. Well, and it's so interesting because there's a sustaining ability for the farmer to continue to grow this coffee year after year. But if what he's growing year after year doesn't taste good, you know, there's that balance we have to yes. hit. So let's go ahead and taste these. So I'm going to taste the Rui. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to taste the SL28. And then we'll swap cups. Swap and cups. And hopefully we'll you're not sick. And this particular one, we're probably thinking about flavor more than anything because you're not going to taste disease resistance or drought <laughs> resistance. Swapping over now. All right. Well, 
What did you taste in that oh, one? Oh, I tasted in the SL28. SL28, it was very, it was bright, I would say. It had uh-huh. some good acidity going there, and it's up front, and the flavor was, you know, if I'm going to give it between 6 and 10 on the flavor, that was a yeah. good 8.5. It was good 9. It was a very good flavor. I, I would say it. for me, the Rui had a very, like, it very sat on your tongue, and I w- it kind of sunk into your tongue. It didn't Did it? really go everywhere and have a flavor explosion, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. had a little more of an earthy note, but it still had a, a nice mm-hmm. acidity to it. Oh, yeah, this SL28 is much brighter. Mm-hmm. And that, you're right, that one, the flavor notes suddenly drop. Yeah, I would say, if I was going to say the Rui for me would be a six, This would the SL28 would be like an eight. Yes, I agree, I agree. Which is interesting, really, you and I are looking here at the, the flavor notes. Right. This is the result of two varieties of, of Kenyan uh, coffee, but we don't know, what we don't know about these two coffees yet mm. is, is one of them more drought resistant. Right. Therefore, if there is a drought, there's no rain, uh, it's not going to be so much problem. Therefore, the farmer can still get his wages that year for the coffee. It's still going to grow the coffee. Yeah. And if you've got disease risk, and suddenly, you know, if one is, is healthy and one's not, you're going to grow more, you're going to have more product to sell again. That's good. What's interesting what we've done here, and obviously Ooh. if you're not Ooh. tasting them with us, it's a little challenging, mm-hmm. but there is definitely one, and for me it's the SL28, that mm-hmm. I prefer the taste yeah, right. of. Yeah. Sure? yeah, Yeah. I mean, the other one's not bad. <laughs> But it's it's it just preference between the two. There's definitely one that I I would say I want to drink mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and I can I can drink it more consistently. The good news, Reed, um, is that I think you're right. And I think for the consumer level, this is the part that's interesting: is it does impact what you're tasting. Mm-hmm. You know, you you may say, oh, you know, I think a lot of times as consumers we say, oh, we really like. You know, you might ask someone on the street and say, what do you what do you what kind of coffee do you like? And they say, oh, I like Colombian oh, coffee, Rui Eleven, or Peru. Per- <laughs> if somebody says Rui Eleven. Yeah. Then yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah, hopefully. But I think that this highlights that you may like Kenyan coffee. I'm putting that in air quotes yes. because you might like Kenyan coffee SL28, but you may not know that that's what you're having. Mm-hmm. And so this is where that varietal or variety yes. uh, can be extremely important it's to true. your cup. And and going back, it's it's, it's also important to the farmer and to it's very important every to part farmer. of the chain. Yeah. And uh, which is another part of looking at that uh, – pre-pack of coffee when you're holding in your hand if you're going to buy it if you haven't right. roasted it yourself uh, you're going to look and see oh, I wonder if they go how much detail they're going to give me are they going to right. put, go as far if it's a Kenyan coffee are they going to go as far as tell me what the varietal is here mm-hmm. is it a combination of varietals and that's going to Merc the water a little bit because, okay, it's not so succinct, it's not so specific, right. and uh, it becomes important to, if you like good tasting coffee, say, in this case, you're going to look and say, oh, SL28, I remember that podcast, and they said that tasted quite good. Something that's also important to note is if you find that the coffee bag that you're that you're going to purchase does uh, explicitly detail what variety that it's using, I think that the, that's a good sign that there is there is coffee uh, that, that this company, whoever you're buying it from, is doing a good job. Because I are, think that if they're doing that, they should also be labeling roasted. Like those are some key things. And to it probably start means that they've tasted or cut their coffee and they know they want to put it out there that this tastes really good. And I'm going right. to put it out there. If you don't put it out there, it tends to suggest that. Well, we're just going to see what you buy. Dad, can you give us just a just a 40,000-foot view? Can you just Ooh, touch us I'm down for a second? Heights. <laughs> <laughs> touch us down for a second. Take us back up. Why or where did varietals start? 
Whoa, and I know that that's a, a that's a topic on its 40, own. Forty thousand. Let's go. I can do forty thousand. We'll just do a quick touch and go. What's that in meters, by the way? A lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the forty thousand is wherever coffee started. Some would think Ethiopia. Some say perhaps even Kenya or your neighbor or somewhere there. But um, and and here I don't want to get too technical here, but you've got Arabica of one one of the species and uh, Robusta is another. There's Liberia. There's a whole lot of others. And a side note, so you can help uh, in your explanation here. Yes. Or to help you and yes. help our listeners is we did do an episode on Robusta and Arabica. Mm-hmm. So I'll put a link down in the show notes. Man, a lot so of links going on here. If you're like, what did he just say? I don't know. We've got some notes on that. Yep. So anyway, Robusta well, Arabica. And I think we probably should start, and this is sort of a start of looking at there's, there's um, these different varietals, these hybrids. The, you know, what what have they been doing in the coffee industry? Right. And what can they do? Because it needs to be done. Otherwise, we may start losing. Coffee may start dying. I guess is, is the question. Your forty foot question. Forty thousand. So I've I've jumped from yes, forty thousand yes. down to forty feet. Um, <laughs> but uh, Arabica robusta, and then from there you've got different varietals that come after the, after the after the Arabica, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you've got Bourbon and Typica, which are the the typical ones. <laughs> no Sorry, pun intended. No, no, no intended. And, and then you've got some offshoots. You've got hybrids going on. You've got even some, some coming from Robusta that then they've decided, hmm, Robusta's really uh, insect resistant, disease resistant. Well, and real quick, but it, it, let's say I don't know what varieties are. I'm just hearing about them. Yes. How do you get a variety? How do you get that Typica, that Bourbon? Oh. Is that a common? Am, am I genetically saying I'm going to grow this one and pollinate it with this one or... Are they just happening randomly? No, a bit of both. But uh, you've got you've got the Arabica, you've got a, a Bourbon, and you say, what happens if you you cross the Bourbon with the Typica? Yeah, and that produces another sort of branch in the family tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's sort of it's you know some of this is done by natural, some of it's 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 thought about and it's it's experimental with, and they purposely do that yeah and then you get to say the hybrids that really just okay we're going to experiment strongly here we're going to cross these two yeah and sort of force them together and see what we get okay so yeah. so we've got these varieties we've got these yes. these concoctions of coffee plants that are designed hopefully to to benefit coffee growers mm-hmm. coffee producers you know they're they're designed to create benefit some way in some form in that coffee chain yes and to so we kind of that's our forty thousand foot view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now if we go down to about forty feet for these two right here, yes. starting with the SL twenty eight. Can yes. we can we talk a little bit about what that is? And and first of all, what the heck does SL stand for? Is it, is it a scientific like from like a, a <laughs> I think of like the periodic table? Oh, not quite. It's uh, it's a bit. Uh, it's not very flowery, really. It's no it, pun. <laughs> I'm not all the puns. Today. Oh man, uh, SL. It stands for Scott Agricultural Laboratories. Ah, S for the the Scott and L for the laboratories. It's been shortened. This is the this is a place that is creating some of these varieties. varieties. That's right. That's right. And you've got so you 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 start with the the Bourbon, mm-hmm. and from there you, there's a more original one even earlier is the French Mission coffee mm. um, that was discovered or brought back into Kenya from um, French missionaries, obviously. And then from there, they have moved and carried on, let's say, tinkering with these coffees. Yeah. And now the Scott Laboratories in Nigeria have decided, what can we do to produce a coffee that's even better? Going back to the triangle that you had at the beginning, yes. 
In SL28, what points on that triangle are we hitting? Oh, you can tell by our cup and what we've tasted. We've hit on flavor with the SL28. I think we've hit the bullseye there. Hit. And it's got the typical citrus note. It's got the typical acidity, good sweet acidity. It's got some little blackberry note. It's got a little um, orange. It's got some good notes. Go, You go, this is a good cup of coffee. It's got a symphony of flavor. But what we don't see in this cup... Mm-hmm. They had a problem with it, and Uh-oh. that is when a, and droughts happen in Kenya, yeah. in Africa, and uh, it didn't do so well. Hmm. It and therefore the, there was not so many plants to harvest the coffee off, right? And therefore the farmers getting less prices go up because you know supply and demand goes on, and that's not a, really a good thing. And also they found the they call it the C let me look at CBD mm-hmm. coffee berry disease, and um, is it contagious for? Coffee trees, unfortunately, <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it didn't do well with that either. So it was disease prone, um, mm. and you know it got a cold very easily with mm-hmm. some human terms. And uh, it was kind of like the coffee itself had a weak immune system. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it lacked in that. But the good thing had such good flavor as we tasted. Mm. And so you know, obviously, they're, they're thinking, wow, how can we keep the flavor? Yeah. But help and you know shore up the whole disease resistant thing, and the yield and many other things to to make it actually the flavour pop still. But mm. we get the benefits from for the farmer particularly of its now disease resistant. So Scott Laboratories creates SL twenty eight. By the way, they created a lot of other technical ones called SL, you know, a whole lot of other numbers thirty four twenty two. There's a whole they. The wow. whole, whole array of numbers. They've, they've been busy. And when they got to SL28, they, whoa. Is it? Hold on a minute. That's a good one. Yeah. And till this day, to this day, it's still SL28 is known to be having good flavor. And if you've got an SL28, you've got a good cup of coffee. And, but knowing that it, it, it was, it was hard to grow. And is SL28 specific to Kenyan coffee? Uh, typically, yes. Gotcha. Yes. And so, SL28 has great flavor, but it's got uh, low yield as well, low uh, disease resistance and low drought. So those are some pretty important things. Those are some pretty high points or low points, I guess you could say, as far as like if I'm a farmer and I look at SL28, I say, hey, I can sell this really well. A lot of people are going to like this. But in order for me to grow that, there's a lot of risk involved. There is. So what do they do? They think, okay, how can we... Tinker with this again and get the the flavor there still, but get the resi- uh, disease resistance, drought resistance, and other things right. uh, shored up. And they come out with one called uh, Ruru Eleven, which is this one. It's not t- this one total. This one's Ruru Eleven, and it's Betian as well, which is a a, a peak, uh, mountain peak, and highest one I believe in Kenya. Gotcha. So this is a blend or a variety with a little bit different of a yeah. variety. We'll from, get to that. But, but uh, uh, so they so they so they look at this. They say, hey, how can we build up this coffee to be more resistant, more yep. um, more hardened to the elements and the droughts? So we disease. survive in the coffee industry, basically. As the right. farmer survives. This is now we're moving up to 1985. We were with the SL28. I think it was 1930s. So this is pretty advanced stuff. For, for I mean, I think 1988. Like we bring in 88. I mean, wow. Okay, this this is this is not yesterday. Yeah, well, eighty five actually, three years before eighty eight. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so even be... even older. <laughs> um, so they come up with Ruru eleven. Right? The only thing with Ruru, and and you, I think you've tasted already. Mm. It comes it comes from a number. It's quite complicated how they got it to to be Ruru eleven. Gotcha. One of the th- parts of it is a is a Kedimore, which which is a, a variety that has some robusta in it. Interesting, which 
again, go back to the Robusta Arabica episode, but we have this misconception that Robusta is terrible coffee. Mm-hmm. But here we go, having in this coffee that they're building, yep. it has some resistance. Why is it robust? Because the insects can't get into it. It's, it's disease, it's insect resistant. So that's a good thing. So it's, it's less likely that insects are going to be able to get into this mm-hmm. and they're going to destroy a crop for a farmer. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. And the downside was, was, as we've tasted even today, that mm. ooh, the flavor, it dropped some points. I think you went from nine eight to like, six. Eight to six. It's dropped down in, in points. Right. If you go on your notes there, I don't know if you've got them there, you can see they did all sorts of things to produce the, the Ruru 11. And it came from a father and a mother. And the, the father had a whole lot of different Timor and ESL 28 is in there as well, which is the, for the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of others in there that were dwarf, small, so it could be grow a lot more of them and next to each other and proximity to each other. Wow. There's a whole lot of stuff went on to it. But, um, but the, the big thing with this, and I don't, I don't know too much even about it, it was manual pollination. Hmm. It, it was much harder to do. So you couldn't, they couldn't keep up the supply of this particular right. uh, coffee. It had some, Problems as well as the, the taste. And for those of you who are curious, I'll put a link to another image, um, but I'll also put an image on the video as well. There's a, a recipe for Ruru 11, and it shows the different varietals. And it's impressive, like yeah, the amount of time and effort to find all these to and, then include them. Yeah, and I think the emphasis on the word time, because right. it's a plant, you've got to grow it. It takes a few years for all this to happen. It doesn't well, just happen. When voila. we talked about, uh, I think it was in our processing episodes, we talked about it takes about five years for mm-hmm. a plant to go exactly. from seed to being something where you can actually harvest a mm-hmm. crop. So there's, you know, it started back in 1983, but uh, there's a lot of years for the, to get the recipe right and then to grow it and then to grow it to the point where you can harvest it. It's, it's amazing. Did you say 83 on purpose? You've gone from 88 to 83. It was 85. 85. I mean, I'm not, I, I'll get it by the end of the episode. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <It's> right. <laughs> Um, but you have manual pollination, so you create another, you know, air quotes problem, a little barrier. Then, of yeah. how do you keep this going fast? And I think I think that 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 seems like it'd be kind of an in, you know just an ongoing thing as far as like we fix this, but then now we have this new issue. Mm. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So what do they do? They decide uh, we need to continue working with this, and uh, that's where Batian has come from. And mm. if you look on any coffee trees, you'll, you'll see as it goes up the branches, you'll see Bourbon, you'll see it go up to French Mission that we've talked about, you'll see yeah. it go up to SL28, and then you'll see these offshoots, and his his Batian suddenly appears, um, and Rue 11's there as well, which has come across from Catimore from the Robusta, yeah. and and suddenly you've got this Batian that we haven't tasted Batian by itself, we've tasted it as a, as a combination of the two. Right. But what they're saying, and uh, we are now up to 2010. Wow, so we're getting close to today. Getting close Closer. today. And it is close because because you have five years to grow a tree and right. all these experiments, they've got to test them and reproduce the experiment again, make sure it really worked. Right. This And here they think, and this is the first signs of it, that they've got a drought-resistant, a coffee berry disease resistances. Um, and it's 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 got a flavor that they go, huh. This is not too bad. It's, it's interesting to see, you know, we've, we've so we've gone from SL28. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, we've got this great coffee. And then we say, but we've got these issues where, you know, it's not disease resistant. It's, it's, it's a little bit sensitive to droughts, all these different aspects. So we correct that where we try and make something that's a little bit more robust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we come out with Ruru 11, but our flavor is, is knocked off a couple pegs. Yes. So then we go back and we go, okay, 
how can we fix this? Well, what about what about Batian? And mm-hmm. we take that, we include it, and we start building this product or this bean that not only is is good for the farmer because it's going to grow, it's going to be more resistant to uh, just the environment around mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but we also make something that is also going to taste good, so they're going to be able to sell that. Mm-hmm. And for exactly. us as a consumer, it's a helpful piece that, hey, we can continue to get this good coffee mm-hmm. to support this whole chain. And good news is that one, read, well, read, you passed the test. What was the test? The test was which one of these tastes better. Oh. And you got the right one, according to all the stats and, and, right. and the reason why the scientists are saying, okay, how can we get the SL28 flavor, continue on in these other varietals? And uh, you you passed the test in terms of, yes, I see what you mean. The SL28 has a really good flavor. Well, and, and I think a takeaway from today's episode is that this is not happening just in Kenya. This is not happening just for this specific coffee for Kenya. This is happening all over the world. Places like the, the coffee research. The world, world coffee research. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the CQR. There's so many, so many leaders. The world coffee research. They are taking coffees from uh, all these places like the Kenyan coffees and saying, what happens yeah. if I take it to Peru? What happens if I take it to Ecuador? What happens? And they got these stations set up in these very, I can't, 30, 25, whatever wow. countries. And they're saying, let's grow these 25 or 30 coffees mm. in this place and this place to see how do they do with disease? How do they do with drought resistance? And are hoping to find and get the stats. And they've got a lot of them already of, of wow, this one did really well. Why? Why, we, we probably should get the Guatemalan farmer to grow this Ethiopian coffee in Guatemala, and right. it could be a good thing. And I think that that's, that's an amazing thing that World Coffee Research is doing. And we'll put a link to them as well. There's going to be a ton of links. Oh, links. oh man. Whew, got a lot of work here. Oh, my. Links, links, links. <laughs> I think the importance for the varieties, and we're, and we're highlighting just two of these today. Yes. Um, again, there's going to be a lot. There's a lot more. There's a lot of different countries that are doing these. Um, but the importance to know is that when you see that on a package of coffee, it's not just a different farm it came from. It's not just a different type of coffee, but it is, it is a completely different new, uh, you know, created coffee in a sense that Mm. is going to have a different flavor profile as well as different ways that it can interact with the world that it, you know, grows in. Yeah. It's going to be helpful, not just to us, the consumer who's really interested about the flavor, right? but the farmer's going to go, whew. That's good. I, I like, I'm glad you like the flavor because it's easier for me to grow. I can grow it again next year right. as well. Absolutely. So, again, we have kind of gone 40,000 feet, 40 foot for these two, and then we've gone straight back up. So I wouldn't consider this a full episode detailing varieties because there's a lot more than just yes. these two. There's, um, there's a, an amazing picture, which we'll put in the notes as well and probably in the podcast, but there's, there's a lot to it. The mm. tree is ever-growing. Um, there's also a link on Stumptown. They have a really cool uh, section on their website that mm. talks a little bit about those as well. Stumptown, um, Atlas, World Coffee Research, there's a lot of them out there, which is good to see that they're thinking about where all this coffee has come from and yeah. where it's going. And it's good to get on top of that because one day, if, if, you know, if, if that work's not done, we, we might not see coffee. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, beanstuff.com. Uh, We're going to be doing more episodes every Friday at 5 a.m. 